When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Redcasters, be sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to be notified about our latest videos. Go Big Red. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Boomer. Well, just here enjoying the podcast and waiting for the uh, tip-off of the uh, Iowa-Creighton game, the Iran-Iraq War of college basketball for us here. <laughs> uh, okay. And I'm also with Redcast Rob. What well, if, what if, what if, I'm a... <laughs> Sorry. How can you top that, Rob? I, I, you know what? I got nothing. No, the, you know, I was just thinking to myself how happy I was that uh, it's college basketball season. Arizona defeats Duke in a in a huge matchup last Friday, uh, and not only that, but Nebraska men's basketball is three and zero for the first time in the Harburg era, and not only that, but they've covered the spread all three times. The Heinrich Harburg era? He's playing basketball now? I said Hoiberg, didn't I? Did I say Harburg? No, that's okay. I meant Hoiberg. Sorry, man. We can get to Heinrich Harburg soon enough, but I meant Hoiberg. I mean, there's similar last names. I I will give you that. And he is technically correct. This is the first time men's basketball has been 3-0 in the the Harburg era, too. Yeah, that's true, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, is is it Novacek? Is it Novacek? Is it, you know, Steinberg? Is it Steinberg? I just can't get in it. Yeah. It's it's true. Tomatoes. You know the point it. is, Rob. Yes, Nebraska basketball is off to a a, a good start. Um, strength of schedule may not be quite where it needs to be, but that's going to start to change very soon. I think they still have Stony Brook now. Stony Brook is the Stony Brook University that went to the Final Four not that long ago, right, Boomer? So uh, yeah, I, I don't know how long ago it was, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, the Stony Brook yeah. University. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so that's that's a formidable foe. I don't care if they have a RPI in the two hundreds. Um, they've had a, more success in the tournament than us by far. Uh, and then um, we'll, we'll start Big Ten play here before you know it. But before we get to Nebraska basketball, we have plenty of football still to talk about, and uh, the Huskers did suffer. Another difficult uh, defeat this time at home against Maryland, uh, where the offense just simply could not get out of their way again uh, with uh, five total turnovers. And uh, I do want to know what team has actually thrown, uh, had more quarterbacks throw an INT in one game than what we did with three quarterbacks and and, uh, each one throwing an interception. Uh, Boomer, um, when will the madness ever end? Well, in a few weeks for sure, but uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> sorry. Yeah, you got you got me there, Boomer. You got me there. I mean that that whole game was just. I think everyone was speechless by by the end of it. It's just insert quarterback, watch them turn the ball over. It was just incredible how much that happened, and 
it's you couldn't write it and expect yeah, if you're writing this for a sitcom or nobody would believe you or you know straight to video movie yeah yeah this is like minnesota nobody State. would believe this happened you, know? you know every quarterback you put in there they just turn the ball right over and yeah the disappointing yeah. part was this was even a game of the defense generated a good solid number of turnovers i mean three turnovers three. led to all, all 10 of our got, points got and 10 points out of the boring drive from maryland on on our own six so i mean yeah, you think you, you generate three turnovers and get points off of them, you think you'd be fine in that case. But uh, yeah, when you counter that with five turnovers, that uh, that's a problem. So, yeah, 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 absolutely. All right. Well, uh, the show uh, we've we've got a few uh, questions, I believe, Boomer. We'll try to address that. We'll talk about um, offense and defense. Maybe we'll sprinkle in a little Nebraska ball and get to the bet cast at the end. Uh, let's start with scarlet colored glasses and talk all things Husker football and, and Rob, uh, you know, let's, let's, before we dive into those questions of maybe you will help us talk a little bit more about what we saw on Saturday and what we expect this coming Saturday in Madison. Um, you are the Kool-Aid guy. So tell me how we're, we're still making a bowl game. Well, we're going to win this week. Um, All right. I like it. And we're going to beat Iowa. Um, I mean, how it, that would make everyone forget. Seriously, seriously though, Dave, I mean, it's, it's, it's literally the most simple of calculations. Don't turn the ball over. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you would think that that'd be something that is put at a premium and yet somehow, um, you know, we continue to find ways to screw that up. Um, You know, and it's like, there's one quarterback on the team. Again, I, I can't throw individuals under the bum, but there's one quarterback under the team that I would be on the team that I would uh, be happy to never see play another down in a Nebraska uniform ever again. Um, you know, I, I had high hopes for, for the young man um, at one point. And at this point, I hope that um, he gets calluses from holding a clipboard. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, and I get it. Like, um, Heinrich is, is, is also, you know, turn the ball over, but there's some kind of productivity with him while he's on the field in other scenarios. And Chuba, when he led that drive down the field, um, and if we, if you want, we can get into that play call on third down. I'm not happy with it. I've said my piece. I think I've made peace with it at this point, (laughs) but um, you know, I, I cry because I'm sad. I smile because I care. It might be, you know, but that drive was one of the cleanest drives that I've seen Nebraska's offense put together the entire season. He throws the ball much better. Did he throw that interception? Yes. But there, that was just a cluster F of like, you know, that play should have never been called in my opinion, because it, nobody running that play on third and goal looked like they knew how that play was supposed to be run. Um, you've got a third string quarterback, a freshman wide receiver who's supposed to be clearing out and a guy who just came off the injured list who, um, you know, looked like maybe he wasn't quite sure exactly what was being called. Like they were afraid that like they changed the play calls name or something because they were afraid that Michigan was on the other sideline or something like I, I have no idea what was going on there, but it, it was like watching. Um, I don't know. What are those old the Keystone cops run around? I have no a, a boomer what was the question i asked rob i forget it was i have no idea either like you asked me scarlet color glasses and to be positive about it and 
I'm having. I a asked you how we were going to reach a bowl game, and you essentially gave me all the reasons why I sh- we sh- shouldn't. Because well, you know what, uh, Dave, it it's your fault, place. man. You brought me into this, Dave. You brought me into this. How are we going to win? Uh, we're going to win one more game, is what we're going to do, Dave. That's how we're going to do yeah. it. No, I mean, are we going to win one you're... more game? I sure as hell hope so. But I thought we were going to win one more game two games ago. And I think, I'm sorry, I'm losing so my I think, mind. Let, let, let's start there. Let's start there. I'm going to throw it to Boomer so Red Cash Rob can take a deep breath. Uh, because, you know, this reminds me, you sent a, a, a text to us er, earlier this week saying, saying, I'm still mad about Saturday. I can sense that from you. I can sense some angst. Um, but That's we're a, a very professional podcast here. And let's uh, <laughs> keep on the on the high ground. Yes. So, so Boomer... Um, if I would ask that question to you, how is Nebraska gonna gonna win one of these two games? Um, I think Rob was onto something there. Was playing a clean game, but how, how does the coaching staff help this team try to play a, a, at least a cleaner uh, version of Nebraska football on Saturday in in Madison? Yeah, um, that's exactly what it has to be. It has to be a clean game, and you know we're partially there. Like these last couple of weeks, I mean. Penalties yeah. have not been a problem. We've had what? Amazing one penalty in last week or against Maryland. And did we have any against uh, Michigan State? No, we've been one so, in the last eight quarters. Yeah. yeah. And even those were, you know, the pass interference penalty. All right. That's during the game. It happens. We're not seeing those, you know, false starts. We're not seeing the delays of game. You know, yeah. we're having to take timeouts to get a play in coming out of a commercial break or, or field we did take some timeouts like to avoid uh, some delay games. But, right. But it yeah, hasn't I been terrible. They, they haven't been, you know, just awful. So that part of the game's been cleaned up, but a lot of it does does seem to be the the turnovers that we're generating. And I, and again, I know this has kind of been the the debate on Husker Twitter over the last few days: is are we calling plays that are best suited for the players we have on the field, putting them in a position to win? You know, and I I think it's true. You know, we have quarterbacks that have athletic talents. I don't know if they're all currently superstar quarterbacks well i i don't think anyone would say they are but sure are we asking them to yep. to run plays that they're just not quite capable of doing at this stage to a group right? of receivers yeah. that are also very right. inexperienced to the group of receivers right? that are young inexperienced they're, they're you know thrown in here probably weren't expecting to have to play this year but they do and you know with the guys we have that are injured in our patchwork running back core you know it are we asking too much of what we have out there and uh, I think that's been the big debate on Husker Twitter. Yeah. So I think the first thing is you, you know, you have to stick with keep the penalties under control, which they've done the last couple of weeks. It it sounds so obvious. You got to cut down on turnovers, but do you call plays that put you in a better position when you're not throwing those interceptions, where you're not just heaving balls up there to yeah, looks like they're punts essentially, or you know, you're playing a game of five hundred or whatever in the background, just throwing it up there. Yeah, what, catches what a few it. of them look like. Yeah, they correct. kind of look that way. So. Maybe do we dial that back a little and give Emmett Johnson more than 17 touches a game? Can he do 20, 25 possibly? Even? Yeah. You know, do something like that. Because, you know, you look at Wisconsin and there, I know we've said this about Maryland and Michigan State. So, you know, we seem to be the slump busters. Be lately. careful. Yeah. But yeah, they are struggling. And, you know, they're kind of in a position where if you compare like Wisconsin and Nebraska, you know, the, the situations we both went into this year, both starting new coaches, both kind of trying to, change the culture there but wisconsin i think has a tougher challenge of changing that culture than rule did because there was nobody that realistically thought frost should be here anymore this season yeah I mean, that was an easy firing you know as compared to you know paul chris getting fired mid-season or whatever it was last year in wisconsin kind of right. caught everyone off guard 
And then you had and the, everyone the thinking it was going to Leonard. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had the popular interim coach Leonard. And we had the same thing with Mickey Joseph, but Leonard didn't get the job and Joseph, you know, didn't get the job either, but that kind of took care of himself with some off field issues. Yep, so there isn't right. that, isn't that group of, you know, loyalists, I think to the old regime there. And that's a, that's a tough job for fickle to step into. And I think you've heard a lot of that from Wisconsin, you know, the fan base this week and players, yep. there's some kind of dissension and the, the ones that think they're putting effort into it and some that aren't. And, you know, I've watched them play the last couple of weeks and I don't know if that entire team is putting effort into this. So it's hard to explain. Yeah what happened last week versus Northwestern where really the Wildcats kicked their butts in that first half. It was 24 to right. three or something like that. Yeah. And they did get their quarterback back, you know, Northwestern, but then again, so did, you know, Wisconsin. They yeah. Just, yeah it didn't was out seem there. like, yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah. Braylon was, Allen was, was back out there. He only got three yeah. carries though. Right. Yeah. So, so I'm sure there's talks about the Wisconsin OC right now, just like we're you know, talking are, about. Marcus yeah, there's, Satterfield. there's been a lot of talk about that, about just, are they, too conservative and just playing everything too safe and well and their offense hasn't looked good so it is a team that i think so what you're telling me is how we're going to get to a bowl game is we're going to win this week because wisconsin's vulnerable yes Uh, it's deer season and apparently no one's going to be there and uh, we're going to walk into camp randall uh on uh, on nbc prime time and and steal a win get to six uh, and where I think of this essentially is with these both these next two games, we just need to outdo what the other teams have have done in the past to us. Wisconsin and Iowa, really out Iowing Iowa would would potentially put you in that at that game in the sense of we like did last year. Yeah, well, I mean, we were more explosive last year, but I mean, literally, uh, Iowa just doesn't do anything on offense <laughs> and waits for the other team to mess up and get short fields and, and kicks field goals when field goals present themselves. And then they eventually break through. And, you know, what was last weekend? They're up 3 nothing and a half versus Rutgers. They end up winning 22 to nothing because they just – it's like a, a war of attrition. That Iowa defense is going to hold you back. If you make them drive against that Iowa defense for all, all 80 yards, it's going to be tough. And eventually um, they get short fields and can score points. Um, we have to figure out how to – to play that game. We seem to have an offense and a defense that are pretty much mirror images of, of that Iowa formula, but we refuse to actually, at least this one year capitalize on, on what we have there. Um, So, you know, I I do think we can win this, this Saturday, um, but uh, they have to go out there and prove it. And uh, the opportunity will, will, will be there. Um, all right. Now, I think Rob is biting at the bit to talk about offense, because when I asked him a far more global question, he dove right into a third and six at the goal line. So let's talk about our uh, all things offense with the scoring explosion, which is anything but what we have as an offense right now. <laughs> and um, Boomer, do we have any of those mailbag questions uh, that might prompt some discussion and keep Rob um, at least a, a little more calm? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, first off, this is just kind of a general one that came out of here and, and kind of deals with the quarterbacks. And it's a hypothetical and it's hard to say, but, uh, you know, how would Heinrich Hardberg be or look if, if Sims didn't take most of the first team reps in spring and fall camp? Again, hypothetical, but. Oh, that was on my, that was on my, uh, I posted something today. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Rob, what, 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 what do you think? Who knows? I mean, honestly, it, it seems to, well, I mean, honestly, it, it seems that, like that's podcast gold, Rob. <laughs> well, I mean, God, you want my hypothetical on a hypothetical. 
Um, like simply, I feel like I feel like you feel one like of the Harburg things... is going to be that much better if he is anointed the starter this spring and goes into next year. Will he suddenly make this huge jump? I mean, is his arm motion going to get better? Um, is he going to not Maybe. have happy? Is he going to learn to not have happy feet in the pocket? Is he going to learn to go through his progressions like at least one or two of them? Like those are sure, those are sure. three things those that are all that, things that would need to do, that, yeah. that he could learn to do better. In, in the spring or maybe even in bowl practices, um, yeah. you know? And so, I mean, sure. I, I reps are reps with the first team are always going to be better for any player, but counterpoint to that, most of the players that he was probably throwing to on the second and third teams when he was out there practicing this spring are on the field right now. So, yep, it's true. you know, there's that many injuries that we've had to where he's probably throwing to the guys he's been throwing to all along. So, I mean, mm-hmm. and that it's, it's, you know what question asker it's, it's, it's really hard. To, it's really hard to know because um, you know, maybe there something changed in his, in his throwing motion and, um, you know, it's I hard. He's, he's had that he's six, five and he throws, time. Yeah, but didn't they didn't wasn't he throwing over the top in high school or something? Like I don't know. I remember somebody saying know. that at one that point. I don't so. know. Yeah. I mean, so does that answer that question though? I mean, I feel like maybe not because he it like I say, he's been playing with a lot yeah, of Yeah, I, I think what your answer tells me, Rob, is is that it's obviously a, a, a nuanced answer, but it's not just about Heinrich Harburg, but who's actually coaching him to improve his footwork, improve his throwing motion, mm-hmm. uh, to improve his ability to read a defense, uh, to go through his progressions, yeah. right? And the question is, do we do we think that Marcus Satters, Satterfield giving giving him all of his attention over the next nine months would make a dramatic difference? I don't know. That's a, that's that's the question I have in my head because. Um, if we remember our hiring uh, of the staff, um, which which took you know a, a few weeks to uh, or longer, really, yeah. um, there was rumors out there that um, you know one of the the folks that Matt Rule had eyed to be maybe co-offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach was uh, Jake Peets, former Husker, um, who is highly regarded in that that field and is still in the NFL with the Rams. He chose to stay with the Rams last year. Now maybe that might change again. The Rams are, are struggling again. So maybe he's, maybe he might, might uh, reconsider. He might get fired. Uh, you know what I mean? Another like, offer, right? You know, yeah, but I mean, fired, like but... even, even I, I think if you asked rule on a lie detector test, was Marcus Satters, Satterfield, his first choice to be quarterbacks coach. I think it's pretty hard to, to think that he would have to say no I had someone else in mind for that. So could they tweak? I, I mean, he made it very clear in his press conference this week that Marcus Satterfield is going to be the OC, uh, not just this year, but going forward. Yeah. Um, they want to keep the same nomenclature and all those type of things. And he believes in, in the offense that Satterfield runs, even though he's never produced better than a top 71 offense. Um, but I think it could be helped a lot if he had a dedicated quarterbacks coach um, or someone that is at least more focused on that. Um, and, and that could be something they could do some, some tweaking to the offensive staff. At least that, that's what comes to mind. So, yeah. um, maybe yeah, I guess my answer to that question, go ahead, Boomer. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead and answer yours, Dave. I just wrap that up. It's like, mm-hmm. just to wrap that up, I guess, I don't know if it would have made a difference this year because I just don't know if he, if even Jeff Sims had the right coach for, for what he needed, but maybe going forward, we might have a, the right type of dedicated staff to help develop our quarterbacks because I think 
this year has made it very clear that you need um, more QB development uh, in this type of program. Um, and I, I have one more thought on that, but I can get back to it. Boomer, go ahead. Yeah, that was kind of going to lead into my to my question on that. It's kind of a tangent on that. I mean, do we think Sims was having these issues in practice, you know, summer ball or, you know, fall camp? I mean, I don't think we heard about it. I don't and think I it's guess... been a – my guess, my guess on that, <clears throat> obviously not there. It's not a practice thing with Jeff Sims. It's when the lights turn on and the 80,000 people are there. And the proof is in the pudding. This is when we we went all in on Jeff Sims and I had arguments with Honky about this and how he handled our quarterback situation uh, and why I wasn't as bullish on this team and why he thought we were going to go nine and three. And to his credit, we almost could have done that even <laughs> with, with with all the problems. We're, we're only a few plays here or there from doing it. Yeah. Um, is is that Jeff Sims has a, a track record of I believe four years of of college yeah. uh, starting QB play, he's a turnover machine the whole time. He's never Dave, had you were right. QB die Here, I'm just gonna say you were right, Dave. Right? You were I right. Mean, the, the evidence was there, right? Yeah, you were right. Same thing with Marcus Satterfield. I don't necessarily think Marcus Satterfield is a, a, a horrible um, OC and might be the type of right OC to play complementary football to what Matt Rule wants to do with his defense and and win in the Big Ten. But to think that that Marcus Satterfield is going to start producing top 50 offenses anytime soon, there's no evidence that that's going to happen. He might start producing top 70 offenses, which might be enough to be very competitive. It would be right now. It would be right now. That's absolutely. But to think that we're going to have an explosive offense under under Marcus Satterfield anytime soon, it would be contrary to all the evidence that is is out there for his his offensive system and play calling. So, yeah. So. I, I would say that I don't think it was in practice. I think it was actually in the games, which would have given me the red flag. Um, the the concern I have with that boomer, and, and that's was, that was a good good segue from what I was talking about, and, and where I was going to go was what's my my concern is is that I was looking at the transfer portal from last year, right, uh, and and like who was in last who was there last year? Who were the best quarterbacks to get? And what did they do this year, right? Because, I mean, you can always look at Caleb Williams going from Oklahoma to USC and say, like, oh, wow, there's a, a transfer that wins the Heisman is, is going to be probably the number one pick in the NFL draft. So uh, the the top quarterbacks last year, Sam Hartman, uh, had a prolific career at Wake Forest, went to Notre Dame, doing okay, uh, been a little banged up, but hasn't actually had a better season at Notre Dame than he did ever at Wake Forest, really. Uh, Devin Leary um, also came into the season injured. Um, it now appears a little bit healthy for Kentucky and is performing a little bit better, but hasn't had a great year. Hudson Card, we played Hudson Card and beat Hudson Card. Um, Shador Sanders, I would I would say that we also played him and he was pretty darn good, um, but he's a one-man show out there. Some guy named Walker Howard, is he actually the old Miss starting quarterback? I don't know. Um, Brennan Armstrong, um, who left Virginia to go to NC State to replace Devin Leary. He got benched in place of MJ Morris, who's now entered the transfer portal, likely will, and we may be in hot pursuit of him. Um, so what, what I'm trying to get here is Tanner Mordecai. <laughs> n- none of these guys like blew the doors off of anything this year. Right? I would still take Sam Hartman right, or some of these other guys, but it's not like, like last year's transfer uh, class for QBs were, were stellar, right? 
Luke Altmeyer for Illinois and just goes on and on. Graham Mertz would be excited if we got that this year's version of Graham Mertz in the transfer portal. Probably not. Um, so when did, when did I, Penix, it, when did Penix go to Washington? That's like three years ago. Was that, was it? Cause that guy's been yeah, sometime in the middle of like an eighth college year. Or something <laughs> yeah. Like that. yeah. 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 Dave, so, I mean, what, what you're hoping for is you get a Michael Penix or a Bo Nix or a Caleb Williams, but with, with, what this offense looks like right now and what who do you have as your OC and quarterbacks coach, does that seem likely that we're gonna draw um someone of that caliber to Nebraska? I, I don't I don't know. So Rob and to be fair too, Caleb Williams is a really bad example in that anyway, because he was a package deal. I mean, he was with Lincoln Riley, right? He's Lincoln Riley's job, kid. Yes. He brought him with him to USC. Um, you know, I mean, he's going from how often do you see a power five go to a power five and be successful, right? Most of these kids go into the transfer portal from a power five and end up somewhere in like a, you know, a, you know, school of five or whatever they call it, the group of five and group of five, or like yeah. a, or like a, uh, F FCS school. Right. So it's not, um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, to your point, Dave, which by the way, I credit to you, man, I think that's the longest answer you've ever given on a red cast in the history of the show. Um, <laughs> and so that was really impressive, but, um, yeah, I mean, again, like it, it's very rare. You find, you name, you just reeled off like 20 guys and maybe three of them are having success, success in, in, in power five right now. And one of them again was like, you know, he basically, you know, moved away from mom with dad to go to school. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's mm -hmm. what happened. Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma for the USC job, his dream job and took his quarterback with him. And not only that, but Spencer Rattler didn't even stick around. You know what I mean? He even took off from Oklahoma. So, you know, it's like, yeah, no, it, it's, it's really hard to find guys in the transfer Spencer portal. Rattler. And we need to figure out like, you know, are the guys that we got coming in too? like, you know, we we've got like a what you know top eleven or whatever that that competition was yeah, called quarterback coming in as might, a freshman, you know and and be a lot to put on his shoulders. It, to, it really to, it really would, but you know he's playing high level football, high school football. I get it, but it's high level high school football, and he's being very consistent. He's having a great season this year, if I if I'm thinking yeah, correctly, yeah, right? I, and so yeah, yeah, you know and and and. It seems, and as you know, like a lot of these schools try to run the same kind of systems that Nebraska, right? Isn't that kind of a tradition in, in the state of Nebraska? Yeah, I don't know if that's the case right now. I don't know. You know, uh, but I'm not that familiar with, with Bellevue West, but I think it, it's probably Well, he's got he's got legs he can throw and, you know. and he's more and, of a traditional quarterback that has mobility, yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, you know, I mean, I guess looking at the, the quarterback room today and, and looking at who's going to be back. I do think it's likely that, that Harburg will be here and have a chance to develop. I do think that Chubber Purdy likely will be back. I'll be really intrigued if he, he starts this week. It sounds like, you know, he has a, a, a groin issue that needs to be addressed in the off season, but he did, did uh, scramble and, and looked, um, you know, to run uh, on that one drive. He's had those drives before Boomer, if I remember right, last year or the year before when he started the game. I can't remember when that was. He he had some success, limited success on a drive or two, and then um, struggled for kind of the rest of the game. Uh, he does have a live arm, though, and uh, he, he he looks like he he might be the answer on, on Saturday. What, what Who's your best bet on who's, who's starting on Saturday? Yeah, it's... 
it's it was interesting the way you know rule put it i think it was rule when he mentioned that you know you've got harburg with a with a bad ankle sprain you've got like you said cheva purdy with a groin issue and you've got sims healthy and we're still figuring out who the starter is going to be well that kind of tells yep. you their opinion of one of the it's it's awfully hard to, uh, to trust jeff at this point yeah and, mm-hmm. it, you hate to call him out or say that on this. Yeah, but just it really is. It, does. it is. I, I think they're going to go with, I mean, I'll think if Harburg thinks he can go, they'll start him. But they'll keep him on a fairly short leash, and if they feel the need to put Purdy in, they'll do that. So I think they might think that Harburg might give him the best chance to win just with general mobility. But if he's not mobile, then. Yeah, if Harburg yeah, can't, you can't yeah, run. You can't, yeah. Yeah, you and can't they rely can figure on that out quick. the entire game. Yeah, if he can't run and he doesn't have the speed that, you know, just the straight, you know, up the field speed that he does have, then I think they'll they'll go to pretty fairly quickly if, if that's the – I think they might go to pretty right away on that one, Boomer. I think it just no, – it's, it's possible, yeah. Again, it, I think it just depends on the health of both of them. I don't know how mm-hmm. – you know, how Harburg's ankle is and how Purdy's yeah. groin because is. Because I think from, from Purdy's perspective, I don't know how bad the, the, the groin injury is, but, I mean, this is his opportunity to kind of almost put his claim to the starting job next year, right? I mean, if he could come True. out and win a game or two here. Um, but then I, you know, and I do wonder, but then I do also wonder, you know, how many reps has he gotten in practice? Because, you know, if Sims sure. the starter most of the season and then Harburg kind of submitted that second job and, yeah, uh, you know, how much time is, you know, have? Enough. Are we throwing him out there and you know to the wolves already? I don't know. So that's a that's a question too they have to ask. I don't know. So what? You know, how much know. the playbook is he ready for? How much is he ready to mesh with these receivers and the running backs that we have now? I, mean, and, it, yeah, it, I don't know. At this point, though, Boomer. I mean, like again, I mean, we the point of we're not not going to try to sit here and, and diss Jeff Sims. I mean, I I don't know what how Chuba could be at this point, any, any rougher around the edges as a quarterback than Harburg has shown the last few weeks. He, Heinrich, all his credit, he's won, won, uh, you know, three really big games for us um, there in, in the, in a row and, and has won games as a starter more than anyone else on this roster. Um, But some of the throws he's, he's missed so bad, you know, and he really needs some, a chance to step back and, and maybe see that. Um, and it's tough being out there. So I don't, I don't know. It, it's a, it's going to be a difficult uh, decision and um, yeah, hard to say. Rob, but I guess uh, it has a wrinkle that, you know, you got to prepare for three quarterbacks when you play us. You never know who you're going to get. Yeah. So there we go. <laughs> they're all about the same. Though. It's not well, like they play them. I got an idea. Let's put them all on the field at the same time. Yeah. Who's going to get yeah. the ball? <laughs> That's right. Well, it might be Wisconsin uh, at that point. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> <It> was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, oh, so, um, so let, let's break down the, the third and six a little bit, Rob, because you were going into it. And I just want to comment. We had someone. Uh, yeah, we're, we're officially international that, right? right now. Oh, we've been international. We've had folks uh, in um, station in the Middle East and whatnot, but Philippines, excellent. Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm assuming uh, it's probably military or um otherwise i just could don't just, want to know <laughs> it could just be a you know far east on, vacation on vacation maybe chilling yeah. at home i don't know what time it is in the philippines right now maybe they're you know I'm out uh, I, I don't know yeah. out. another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, anyway, uh, the, yeah, the, the third and sixth play is perplexing. And I mean, uh, it allows us to talk a little bit about um, Marcus Satters, Satterfield as well as um, not just the quarterback play, but the offense and how disjointed they looked almost all, all game. Um, yeah, the the fact that we we looked really good on that drive. It seems like Chubba Purdy really was just kind of winging it for a while. You know, there, Honky right? even texted um, it was one of the nicest drives that that he's seen this team put together all year. Right? Like it was kind of wild, though. I mean, Chubba was just scrambling in every direction, and the throw to Kemp wasn't actually all that that good, but it, it got the job done. And then Emma Johnson had a great run. Yeah. I just as soon as he got tackled there, I was like, oh. God, I wish he could have, you know, got through or Chubba the next play, right, where he gets 11 or something like that. I'm like, we need to score from outside the 20, right? Because I was like, as soon as it was first and goal to six, I was like, okay, now this is where it's going to get hard for this team. Mm-hmm. And um, sure enough, um, it seems like, and Rob, you listen to the, the, the press conferences, that Chubba actually kind of improvised on that first and, and goal play where it should have been a handoff, but he somehow – took the ball and rolled out and, and just had to throw it out. Yeah. Um, it, it sounds like maybe there, he wasn't comfortable with whatever was going on there. And so he kind of moved. Well, yeah, they, they were in the backfield right away. I don't know if a running play would have been any more effective. But, yeah. Yeah. That's um, what I'm saying is like, it was, a, um, it was like a broken play and there's something at that point, right? Like a bit of um, a wasted down. Um, yeah. And then we do hand the ball off to Johnson and, and lose it. to put you in a, a difficult third and six. Now at that point, Boomer, uh, you know, if if you're Iowa, if you're trying to play like Iowa, they are clearly just going to hand that ball off again. Um, and if it breaks, it breaks. And if it doesn't, they are going to kick the field goal, and they're going to say, "Okay, you go ahead, um, Maryland. You figure out how to score against uh, that defense with uh, you know 75 yards to go in in three minutes or so." Um, but we did oh, not well, look that. who showed up. Whoa! Oh my God! What's up, Punk? Whoa! So, is he in the Philippines? So, it's yeah. Is it eleven thirty-five hey. a.m. on Wednesday where you are, Honky? <laughs> How's it going, Honk? Okay, yeah, this good. Is, just... I'm not gonna lie, Redcasters. This was a little unexpected. It was, um, but I, I'm actually smiling. Oh. No, I heard somebody was from the Philippines on. I kind of wanted to check out what you guys were talking about. So, yeah. Well, it's obviously pretty important that we're getting an international, you know, uh, crowd today. We were just talking about the infamous uh, third. And, and gold the sixth uh, play call and um, the lack of execution, right? Because it had had, had so many things wrong with it. So, um, Honky, have you had had more time to digest and re- replay that um, that down over in your head about a thousand times? Yeah, I mean it's it's tough because uh, you know it's an execution issue at the end of the day. I mean, as as Rule said, that it's a pretty common play that just about any offense would run um but we've made managed to make some pretty <laughs> obvious plays look difficult when when uh you know there's a lot of things that have to go right there and you know we have a little bit better routes run from the outside in we probably are going to get the guy open uh you have freshman receivers on the field you've got a young qb in his first drive i mean there's just a lot of things there and so i guess the probably the strongest argument would be just let's get a little more conservative at the five yard line. Let's why put it out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
And well, and really, even uh, arguably, would be a, a more damning play would have been. I think it was the first down where they thought they called the run, but he turned it into a run pass option, did something right. that they they weren't expecting him to, a la kind of the oh, Armstrong back against Illinois back in 2015. It's like if you really want to just make sure that th this is a play where we're going to run the ball, you know, we've got to yeah. be able to have it, it has to be so simplified in a call where you can't even turn it into something that you're not expecting it to be. I guess that would be my, my best advice there, especially when dealing with young guys like that. So, yeah. I mean, it, I haven't played all year. Yeah. I mean, when you're at the five yard line, which by the way, Purdy, what a great drive that was. What a great job they did to get yeah. moved 90 yards down the field. Cause I mean, I, I have as big of an issue with our starting field position as I do anything. Mm. We can't start a drive unless it's at our three, five, or seven, it seems like. But, and, and that was after the fumble at, the, like, the three-yard line, right? I mean. Yep. And so we start at, yeah, yeah, which that actually was, thankfully, we got the ball at the three-yard line that time. It wasn't a punt, you know, catch at the five. It, this yeah. was the defense yeah. stepping up and making a play. But, but um, but yeah, you know, when you get down to the five-yard line, there's nothing else. That, the two things I really want to see is the clock continuing to move and then, you can get the touchdown. That's awesome. But man, if we can get, if we pound it up the middle for three straight plays and we take two more minutes off the clock and you kick a field goal, then you're feeling pretty good where you're at, at least being up. So, yeah, we, no, that's a, exactly right. It, it To your point of the execution of the play that was called, it, that's, that's probably just as, as frustrating. I mean, like that it was executed that, that poorly. Right. And, and that, that is, uh, blame is laid on virtually everyone on that field. Uh, all 11 really didn't execute that play. Uh, but when I saw the play, you know, live, I, I didn't even really recognize it as a, as a, a corner route. Let's go into the pylon. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, the ball was thrown too far in the route. Wasn't run correctly. Uh, Malachi doesn't really run his route correctly at all. Chubba's eyeing the the play the whole time. And, and be, because Malachi is not really executing his route properly, his defender can eye Chubba. And, mm -hmm. and Chubb was just staring down uh, in this alley. It, it's too, so I can say all those things and sound like I'm blaming the players. I, I kind of blame the coaching staff to put them in that position. I guess I just don't feel like that that moment in time that seemed to be like what you needed to do, right? You I, know? I think that's the biggest feedback I've heard against Cyrus Satterfield as much as anything is. And rule in this is, is he, he didn't are you override are you, the, the play call? Yeah. I mean, all, yeah. At the end of the day, the head coach is, re is responsible for all of it. But, but basically, are you, it's not that the plays aren't there. They are. I mean, from the first play of some of those games earlier in the year that we've talked about, where like we threw the interception against, who was it, Northwestern or Purdue? I forget anymore. But, you know, the play's there. The play's open. Okay. I get it. It's not about if the play design is open. It's can we execute those plays? Now, to yeah. Rule's point, he has said multiple times, they're not throwing these interceptions in practice. So, you know, the idea is like, you know, they're, they're doing something different in the game than they are in practice. All I can say to answer that, since I'm not at practices, uh, and I would say the same thing to Frost or any of our former coaches, is what are we doing in practice? You know, how game-like are we making it, you know, so that we can have as, as real of a – Feeling. You want to be able as a coach, you want to be able to walk out of a practice and go, hey, these guys can run the play and I feel like they can run it in a game, you know, and if you don't feel that, then you got to either dumb things down or do things differently. Or I, I loved a lot of the option that we were running early in the season. Um, 
but that's a that's a you you commit to that or you don't. I mean, it, you can't just mm-hmm. sprinkle little bits of that in. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm not smart enough to <laughs> to know exactly what we should be doing. Uh, there's parts that I really like. You know, there's parts that look really good. That's that's one of the frustrating things too. And it's not like everything looks terrible. It's just <coughs> your yards per point just couldn't be better uh, shown than on that drive. Yeah. It's what a great drive. What an, an awesome 90 drive. Yards. 90 yards and you just but you walk away with zero points and 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 frustration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean uh yeah, the five turnovers uh everything just adds up to where I mean we've talked about this at length throughout the season is the offense just needs to score 17 to 20 points and you're going to win a whole bunch of games. Well, uh, we've got a, some examples here in the last several weeks where we just haven't been able to get to that number right you know mm-hmm. and um i think again this week if we somehow can get to 20 points and maybe that's because of a, a defensive score or a special teams play of some sort um i don't care how you get there but i mean if we can get to 20 um we're, we'll have a shot against wisconsin no doubt about it but if we mm-hmm. score 10 points again you know you're probably gonna get the same result puts a lot of stress like i went back and was looking through some former seasons uh, it was when I sent you guys the uh, Charlie Ward stats earlier today. But um, if you go back to 1988, our last two games, if you remember, it's the last season of, of uh, Barry Switzer. We beat them seven to three, Oklahoma. And the week before that, we beat Colorado seven to zero. If, wow. if you went into the final two weeks of that season and said, we're going to score 14 points in our last two games, you're probably thinking you're going 0 and 2. You know, there we are. We, we beat them both, you know, held them both to three points combined. I, but that's a that's a pretty rare deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe that could be replicated because oh, <laughs> uh, we, we got it. Yeah, that's the truth. Well, let's talk about some good things, um, mm-hmm. and that is definitely on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so let's throw the bones and talk about that Tony White defense, and uh, they did about everything you could uh, ask from them against a, a better offense, right? Maryland did produce some yards. They do have some playmakers. They have a quarterback that is talented. Um, but at the end of the day, they, uh, only got their, their 13th point on the last, last play of the game. Um, Boomer, what do you think about the defensive performance and they can, can they do it two more weeks? There's no reason to think they can't. I mean, again, the performance here, it, it, they're performing well enough to win games with just a a competent offense. You know, we, we talked about Satterfield's offense. If they get to the seventies, yeah, that'll win you most of the games this season. We're not even, unfortunately, close to that, you know, at this point in the stage. But, yeah, they're doing enough to win games. I mean, you're keeping Maryland to 10 points for most of that game. And, you know, that last drive, you know, Maryland's, you know, started running the ball reasonably well in that drive. I think the defense just – it's hard to keep that up for an entire game. And, you know, they finally – they put together a good drive. You know, they have had a few weaknesses where, you know, teams can throw on them a little bit. You know, Maryland had some success on that. Uh, you know, Tag of Viola – was a pretty mobile quarterback and he kept himself mm-hmm. pretty safe for most of that game. We didn't generate nearly the sacks. I, I kind of hoped we would like, you know, Penn state did with men six. What do we have? One for sure. But I can, yeah, one was called back. Yeah. So yeah. Th- there weren't a lot, unfortunately, yeah. I, 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 for a little more pressure on him than, than we were able to generate, but still overall, when you're holding teams to 10 points for most of the game. And like I said, we generated three turnovers, which led to 10 points for our offense in that third quarter. Yep. And scoring at least a field goal, if not a touchdown in that, on that drive mm-hmm. where they could have gone up, you know, 17 to 10 and with nine minutes to go in the game, that would have been killer for us. But 
they put a, they gave you, they kept you in it. They put you in a position to win. I don't think you could ask anything more for it. And there's no reason I think they can do it these next two weeks because the offenses they're going to be facing aren't even up to Maryland snuff. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I expect a similar performance these next couple of weeks. But again, it's just going to come down: can we get complimentary football out of the other two faces of the game? So, <laughs> that is the question, isn't it? Uh, Hockey, uh, what are you thinking on uh, with this defense? Well, I think it's important to get Quinton Quinton Newsom back. That was a, mm-hmm. a big loss last week, an unexpected loss. Sounds like he got injured in practice, but mm-hmm. uh, having him back, uh, you know, Wisconsin is doing more of an air raid now too. So getting him back, but I was very proud and impressed with how Omar Brown stepped up. Uh, Javen Wright had an amazing game, and so some guys are stepping up there. We had plenty of young guys along the the D line again, and and then Nash and. And Ty Robinson. I mean, Robinson. He's playing himself into a, a draft pick here. The way he's been yeah. the last yep. last few weeks. And and Huttmacher, uh I just hope that he. I, I hope we have him for another season. I, I think he has. A, I think so. Yeah. I think we. I think we'll get him back for another year. Um, I think NIL can actually help play a role with that. And he's one of the guys mm-hmm. that is doing well with NIL to begin with. So if if he's a good example of NIL, if you can make. Six figures, you know, 100,000, 150, yeah. whatever on NIL, or he can go into the draft and be a, a fifth round guy, maybe coming back for one more season and you're not being hurt, you know, too badly financially and get yourself yeah. up to a second or third round draft pick. That can be, that can be more than worth it coming back for another season. So, um, a lot of, again, just a lot of guys stepping up, so many names, so many got different guys making plays. I mean, how many guys have we had? Uh, make tackles for losses this year. How many different? It's just been crazy. How many players they got out there from? Right. I mean, Williams comes out of nowhere. Yeah, mid midway through the year, and he's one of those guys that that uh, in June they brought in at the at the JUCO uh, yep. camp that they did. So, um, you know, I just there's this frustrating part that you know we've lost a few games in ways that we don't want to lose, but then I always am trying to keep in perspective. The the race to six idea, the idea of yep, just, the right. bowl game is so important. Just get you know, to that. You win one of these games, like you know, I'd be so ready to tweet out, you know, after winning one of these games that hey, Nick Saban went seven and six his first year at Bama. Hey, you know, Pete Carroll went six and six his first year at USC. Bob Stoops went seven and five at Oklahoma. These blue blood rebuilds take a year or so. And what what would give anyone the idea that rule can't do this? Based any based off anywhere else he's been, if he can guess back to the bowl game in year one, and he has shown to be a year two and year three, yeah, build, right. you know, yep. my gosh, I mean, we're we are a quarterback away, and and that quarterback, I think it's so important. I've seen so much frustration from people about the quarterback, but that quarterback can come from someone that's currently on the team and be developed. Yep. It can come from someone that we recruit, and can come from someone that we bring in with the portal. I think I was listening to you earlier, Dave. You guys had the discussion about the all the different examples of portal quarterbacks that have worked and haven't. That there's no guarantee any one thing is no. going to be it. And so, no. I, I want to hedge my bets on having a lot of different options. I want to. I want to have as many options guy. as possible. I want to. I want a portal guy. He always was in. an option guy, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, that's, I am. But I, I want a portal guy coming in. I want Danny Kalen coming in. I want Harburg and yeah. Purdy back. And I want all four of them competing. And and um, and some, you know, the the cream will rise out of that. That's what I'd prefer to see, anyways. But I'm not ready to just throw away anyone, one player. Although I'll tell you, Sims is 
Sims's uh, uh, performance. This is about as bad of a uh, the 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 turnovers he's had. That is that's it just is. baffling. I, I feel you bad know, for him. I genuinely feel bad for him. But man, that's been bad. You know, we could have Jake Sorensen on, and you know, he was on kind of like where Sips show Sh- Sip and Bush like kind of make that transition in the morning where like they're on uh-huh. with Sorensen. Yeah, sure. Oh my God. Um, Sor- there's a clip where Sorensen is just basically like he's done. You know what I mean? Like and he, <laughs> yeah, he is, a lot of the local radio guys. He was he was done. I mean, like I've never heard a radio and it local, feels like, like a he was radio done. personality like call out a player by name like that and just basically say, but he was just like I he should never take another snap for the Huskers again. And well, you, I mean, I hate I hate saying that kind of stuff, but it's like if he's on the field, guess what? I'm rooting for him. I want yeah, him because to do he well. might start this week. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's he might he I mean, might start this week. Very Absolutely. well might start. Yeah, it's quite possible. I, and, it, and, and, it, and the sad part is, you know, he was in in that third quarter when we got ten points off the turnover. He got ten points. He was the one that got us. He did. That. He, I mean, yeah, he, so he was playing well for a little bit, or at least well enough to to score. And then the turnover bug happens again. Just, I just yeah. feel I, I don't know what that. you do for his confidence. That's the thing is, at, yeah, at yeah. some point, him on the sideline, you're just like, geez. Yeah, and this is where I'm not trying to be the guy that pile on. I'm not trying to be the radio guy who's just calling him out. It's just, but how do you have confidence after the results? I mean, it was it six picks and 30, 45 passes. I mean, it's, you know, and and then you have the fumbles on top of that. It's just, it's been it's been a rough go for him, and I, I feel for him. I genuinely do, um, but I don't know how you play him either. I really don't. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. and you saw that. Why did Purdy get out there? It was one more turnover, and eventually, you know, ruling them. We're sitting there going, "We got to make a change." Yeah, yeah. yeah it's interesting this year. We don't have any like. T- don't we typically have like a walk-on quarterback that's randomly be? I mean, well, we have like Longball, and then uh, Longball was another one of those JUCO transfer. We guys. could use that right now, Longball. <laughs> <laughs> Longball, and then like Jake or Jack Wokey or Walk yeah. or something. W-O-C. I, think I think it's Wokey so, or Walkie. Yeah. So we have you know number four and number five. I mean, if there was ever a season, if like a Logan Smothers could have stuck around, this would have been oh honky. Oh, you're. Yeah, I mean, that I would have been an ideal guy for what they're he trying to fit do. The to. offense. He was, I mean, to your point, Casey Thompson wouldn't have fit this offense, but Logan Smothers would have been a perfect fit for what they've been trying to do for almost mm-hmm. the entire year. And he would have been someone who was that game time experience. And um, yeah, it just Logan Smothers, we, we would have our sixth win already, I believe. I truly do. I, do, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, and, and that so, goes back to the point. He's one of those guys that was in the portal and now he's playing in that. What is that like a Jacksonville State? Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State. Yeah, State. So. I, I, it's the back to the point that, that Honky and I are aligned on here is, is that we need as many options at that quarterback position going into 2024 as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I wish we would have had one more option this year um, in the name of Logan Smothers because I think no pun intended. That That's right. <laughs> Um, because I, I, I just, you know, get two guys from the portal. I don't care. I mean, like get one that's got a year of eligibility and one that's got three. Right. I mean, like figure out something. Right. You know, I mean, Ole Miss took both some guy. I can't remember his name, like, uh, Walker, somebody rather Walker Howard. They also got Spencer Sanders. Remember is Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma state had a very successful oh, career there. Yeah. Apparently he was getting pushed out. He left. He went to Ole Miss. He played a little bit last week randomly, but he's barely played down there. I'm like, 
Spencer Sanders is also somewhat turnover prone, but I don't think he was as bad as Jeff Sims and, and it had some flashes, right? I mean, like, I would take a Spencer Sanders. That'd be good enough. Right. <laughs> you know, but it's like, take, take two guys out of the transfer portal. I don't care. I want competition and, and mm. figure it out. And it might be someone on the roster today. Might be a, a freshman. It might be someone who comes in um, in the, in the portal. You know, I've been, doing my yoga and flexibility exercises at the gym. I, I might, I was thinking maybe driving I out. I don't to, think you have eligibility room. Well, and they, they uh, want someone, over, they want someone over five, five too. So, I mean, that, that would, <laughs> uh, I think, Dude, but like, honky, we're like the same height. I, well, I didn't offer myself, my services up. Did I? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, know, I mean, I mean, Harvard kind of throws from the side like he's five five. So. I know. I th- yeah, we throw from the same height. There's no doubt about that. You mentioned Dave. You mentioned Oklahoma State. I mean, just imagine for a moment. To your point of like getting two transfers, imagine a kid like Zane Flores who hasn't exactly worked yeah. his way up the the depth chart there at Oklahoma State. They no, have a number of quarterbacks no, yeah. in front of him right now. Now he may be loving Stillwater and and no interest in coming back. Or let's say he decides, hey, I want to get into the portal, and mm-hmm. you could go after a guy like that, which is essentially it's recruiting a player from a year ago, just getting yeah, through the portal. So freshman, you're getting get yeah. your number there, but then you also can go after a an older guy, someone that's you know two, three, four years out of high school, whatever, and you get a transfer like that. And if you can bring those two guys in, if you can bring in Danny Kalen, if you can, you know, keep Purdy and Har- Harburg, and at least through an off season, let them work it out. And yeah, you may not keep every single one of them by next season, but. That's what I want to see right now as much as anything. They've, they've got to get it figured out. There's there's no doubt we can't have a, a second season of this kind of QB situation. Or there are, I mean, we've seen how restless Husker Nation is in year one. And I I, yeah. I do my I do my best as, as as one little guy there to try to try to preach a little bit of calm. You know, we don't let's not fire yeah. the OC no. and bring in our fifth OC in six years. That doesn't tend to you know that, and and that's what Rule was having to, to answer against in his presser this week. He was having to answer yeah. against making changes and let's change the language one more time and bring in a new OC. And it's like, let's be a developmental most, program. I think, I think most um, Husker fans get that. Uh, they do also understand what good football looks like, and yep. they know that what they've seen on the offensive side has not met that expectation, um, at least this year. And and yeah, I mean, I I, I don't think we need to to have any sort of wholesale changes, but maybe some tweaks, because if um, you, you truly believe Marcus Satterfield is your, your OC, uh, you need to maybe give him some better support to help develop these players, um, because it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like they've developed well enough, at least within the first year. What are your thoughts on, I, I say this right now, because we don't really have a full-time tight ends coach. Martin is, is kind of in a, 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 a one-year deal, essentially. Now, when Satterfield was brought here, he was the OC and the tight ends coach. And with the idea that we were going to bring in a, a quarterbacks coach, yep. Uh, yep. Didn't, Jake Peets didn't quite work out. We mentioned this I mean, earlier in the show, actually. Oh, did you? Okay, well, then I'm, I'm yeah. didn't listen. I'm sorry. I didn't Welcome that to part. the show. <laughs> no, but I think if you go ahead I mean, and ask well, your question, though. Well, I was just basically, I mean, do you think that it's not that we're looking to change OCs necessarily, or at no. least I'm not, not. I'm not trying to do that after one year, but does it make sense to bring in a quarterback specific coach and let Sarah Phil go back to just doing tight ends and be in the OC? It's exactly where I was going. I'm yeah. like, okay. uh, they've made a great point of making that point actually. Okay. And, and yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, we it's, don't need to repeat that, it just cause I wasn't I, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like Jake Peets was the guy that, you know, was, was targeted. We didn't mm-hmm. get him. 
they had to adjust the staff, but we have an opportunity to do some tweaks there. And maybe that can make a difference because we need to develop who we bring in and who we have on the, the roster to, to make it better. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, that obviously wasn't um, rules first choice for a quarterback coach. And uh, we could fix that. So mm-hmm. let me, do, let me say one other thing with a, with a, a coaching uh, addition and it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be, I'm not asking for any coach to leave. This guy could be brought on as an analyst again, but this is a repeat of about four years ago. Anything we can do to get Bill Bush involved with the program. You know, he's been spending this year, which is still yep. on contract, is it, I believe this is his, you know, he's mm-hmm. still getting paid from from his contract there. But that I think is done at the end of this year. He's been doing the radio, he's been doing an amazing job on the radio. But you know, Mac and I went and watched him speak about a month ago doing a, a luncheon and everything. Nebraska is an absolute dream school of his and he's worked here three times and I would have nothing. I feel nothing better than if if he could ever work here for a fourth time in any capacity. We've seen Ron Brown. We've seen his name tossed around all kinds of times this year for the things he's helped out with this program. And he's not an assistant coach at any position. Um, I just want to see Bill Bush somehow involved again. He's just too good. And he's, and he's right here in town. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. That'd make tons of sense. And um would wouldn't think that would only help help the program. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Anything else on, on football? Honky, are, are you dying to talk a little Nebraska ball for like about two minutes and then we're gonna do betcast? Yeah. I've been I was actually before I came on here, I, I went outside, turned the TV on, I built a gazebo where the hot tub was. Oh, and so yeah. the TV the TV outside is actually it's got Iowa Creighton on right now, and uh, uh, but uh, last night I sat out there. You mean the, the Iran at Iraq War is what as Boomer called it. <laughs> is that what he called it? No. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> I uh, no, I've been uh, I watched the the Ryder game last night and everything, and I've been trying to keep up with with what Hoiberg's doing here in year three. It's nice to see us at three and zero and. Nice to see yeah. a schedule that helps you get to three and zero. Yes, yes, they definitely built in a little bit of um, uh, charm and soft to, to start off the season, but a lot of other schools do the same thing. A hey, Stony Brook is up next, and they are a recent Final Four team. So, they, you know, uh, was it Stony Brook in the Final Four? Are you sure? Because two thousand Stony Brook's only know. made the made the tournament I one think time. Pretty in new, Dave. I don't even think they yeah, they, they only made the tournament that, once yeah. in two thousand sixteen and lost to Kentucky. Who did they beat? Who did they beat? They not in the, think, not in the tournament. They've lost. Okay, they've only been once, and they lost to Kentucky. I think they why, made the Stony Brook uh, made the College World Series. Look that yeah. up, Rob. Maybe that's I right. got. That could be I, it. I, yeah. I, they've made a run somewhere, but it's the wrong sport. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, that's been okay. rowing. That's, we don't know here. You know no, what, Dave? It's okay because I'm wrong a lot, so you're okay. You being wrong. It was in the College World Series. Any of our Stony Brook listeners chime in here? Yeah. Well, anyway. After that, it does step up in competition. I think we have Oregon State uh, yeah, they, in the Pentagon started. here relatively soon. 2000, 2012, Dave, they beat LSU and shocked the world. There you go. Um, yeah. So, sorry. I, you know, Sometimes you get on a thought process. Um, uh, yeah, Oregon, anyway, State then, on, Oregon State on Saturday at 3 o'clock on Peacock. Mm-hmm. So, you can keep your subscription for a week. Right. and. And uh, and so three o'clock and that and then what we kick off against Wisconsin that night football at six thirty or something so game yeah, should be right. game should be over by I'm then five thirty local time for Dave and I yeah. mm-hmm. 
and then uh yeah and then before you know the big 10 will will be around the corner with those early december games so um we'll, we'll know a lot quicker um what this team is made of uh, but so far so good uh seems like the uh you know not as splashy of uh lands with the transfer portal but they also seem to be um pretty effective so far um so that's that's exciting to see and it's a team that does look more fashioned in the the um uh the mold that Hoiberg has, has wanted um but also still rooted in that 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 at defense first mentality that um was so successful last year so yeah i mean they they took last night they had some of the offensive struggles that boomer has highlighted with his graphs over the years we we've mm-hmm. struggled a bit but but we had the ability to step in and you know kind of have a Sadler kind of defense or whatever you want to call it. Like we'll, yeah. we'll hold the team to 45. Eight, eight minute run where they didn't score at all. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that that's different than how we were playing defense two or three years ago. So, I mean, that those games, you know, we still could have had the same offensive struggles two years ago, but we're giving up 65 or 70 points and we might lose that one. So, uh, you know, we'll take the wins right now. I love having a couple of bigs out there at the same time. I think I was texting you guys that, that, you know, mask. Yeah. And Alec, especially Alec, he's the guy we haven't had in yeah. a long time. We've Athletic had a lot six, of six eight power forward type yeah, guy, yeah. Who doesn't have to play the five? That's the yeah. thing. We've we've had some athletic six eight guys in the past, but but he has to be our center because we don't have anyone else to have Mast out there. And there was there was a play last night where Mast shot the three, and he's actually a good enough three point shooter that you know we have a we have a big Dave. You wanted this since the day that Hoyberg yes. got here. A big that can yep. hit an outside shot. On this particular one, he misses it, but there's Alec to get the rebound. And it's like we we've missed that kind of combination forever, it seems like, but definitely during the, the Hoiberg years. So I, I love seeing those two guys out there. Tominaga was his first game back, and he, you know, he kind of struggled for a bit, but he'll get the rest knocked off. Yep. And yep. I mean, there's some there's some players on this team, but it <laughs> It was funny. I don't know. Somebody, what'd you guys, somebody posted something about, you know, the different lineups. And there's one lineup where we scored a bunch of points and then skip yeah, on the CJ and, and Alec. Or, yeah. So that- through, it, it's Parker on, on X. Um, okay. Posted crazy uh, Nebraska ball stat. Through three games, Josiah Alec and CJ Wilter have played 86 possessions together. And in those 86 pos- possessions, Nebraska has scored 106 points and allowed 51. They average roughly 71 possessions a game, and at that rate, those two alone would outscore opponents 88 to 42 in a game. That's crazy. I, I like Skip's Skip's text. Simmer down, Kem Palm. Lindenwood, <laughs> number 354. Florida AM, number 347. Yeah, but they're Ryder, doing it against six. the teams they're supposed to be doing it against. I, and you know what? I, I know. It's and they've, covered, and they've covered all three games. They have covered all three games. When was the last time Nebraska started 3-0? And covered in all three. Hey, I'm ecstatic. I I, I would rather be three and zero than we're Michigan you. State right now. Even though this, I mean, this might I be the it. first time in Nebraska history they've started three and zero and covered in all three. <laughs> all right. I don't know about that, Rob, but uh, point taken. Point taken. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll start talking a little bit more about Nebraska basketball as uh, football winds down. But it's good to start getting it on the show, and hopefully they have uh, a good um, uh, start to the season, so we can really feel like there's some energy behind the program going into the heart of the big 10 season. You know what? And our volleyball team right now is still kicking ass. 
You know? I, oh, you, I one. didn't know that, Rob. Please expound. I mean, did you, I don't know, man. That's it's just I just wanted to make sure that we were mentioning all the good that's going on out there. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Number one team right. in the country. Baseball is like recruiting like crazy. We've gotten this some is, great signees on our baseball team. This right is why now. you extend your athletic director's contract. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's, right. that's right. And, yeah. Oh, let's let's wrap up with that before we go. Bet yeah, yeah, yeah uh, right. honky. I mean, what do you think about? Trev getting this uh this contract eight years 1.7 a year has a bunch of other perks on there um <laughs> Ted Carter struck the deal with him before he um you know left for Ohio State thoughts I guess what Gene Smith at Ohio State was is leaving or had yep. left I yep. and so I think some of the, the thought was this will secure Trev from you know following, following Carter to, to Ohio yeah. State um I mean it's a nice bump it's a nice bump across the board I you know I uh, I just hope we have continued success with it because every time we give one of these kind of contracts, if there's any kind of we struggle in any area, you know you're going to hear about it. But uh, I guess that's what that's what you're getting paid for. I think Trev's done an amazing job. All the things that you've seen, the articles that have been written about it today. I mean, everything from getting ninety two thousand to show up here for for the volleyball game, yeah, breaking sure. an international record, to this to the the improvements we're seeing. I. I think it was a good thing that Carter got it done, got it done now, uh, extend him. It removes any other kind of questions down the road. I mean, Trev's going to be here for, for a good long while. So let's, you know, let's just remove him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I think he wants to be here through all the construction stuff. And also once you get this thing going in football, I mean, that's, this. you know, a year or two from now, we're going to be sitting here talking about, you know, winning championships with rule, right? Well, once you get it going, and we brought up the other blue bloods, the the Alabamas under under, you know, Saban and and Stoops at Oklahoma. If you get it going, it's a pretty good world as an AD. Then you know, if you've got if you got mm -hmm. the, your your top program humming, and so we're not there yet, but I mean, he's made the big moves to get us to where hopefully we are about a year or two away from this thing really going. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, Hunk. Uh, do you want to stick around for the bedcast? Do you want a party oh. shot? I oh, think you geez. can stick around. It'll be good for you. No, no. I've got, I'm going to head out. Please. I'm going to head out and watch uh, watch the the basketball game out there on the in the gazebo. It's, it's nice time night. anyway, so don't worry about it. Yeah, but no. I you guys take care of it. It was just uh, it was, uh you guys look like we you're apparently fun. had a compelling enough conversation that you actually wanted to join us. So I will take that as a compliment. <laughs> it's like absolutely. I, I can't stop smiling. <laughs> All right, Hawk. <laughs> and Rob really needed that, too. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did, guys. I'm, I'm having All a good right, day. You made it better. Have a good one. Thanks for showing up. <laughs> the BetCast Picks of the Week. All right, guys. Uh, let's uh, go through these in rapid fire. With Honky joining the, uh, the show, we're well over an hour already. So it's a lighter slate anyway, so not as many uh, games out there. So let's uh, just uh, speak up if you yeah, got something to say. If not, we'll move through each one of these pretty fast. Ready? Yeah. Uh, let's start Friday night. Uh, Colorado somehow trying to figure out how they get bowl eligible. They're four and six going against Washington State. Also four and six, I believe. Two teams that were ranked earlier this year and have completely um, fallen on hard times. Uh, Wazoo favored by four and a half at home in Pullman over under at 64 Keep in mind, Colorado has Utah the last game of the year. So um, they're 
very long odds to be bowl eligible at all, but this might be the last chance for a win. Anyone? Thought? Yeah, I think Colorado pulls it off. Ooh, all right. Taking it. All right, Boomer? Uh, give me Wazoo at home. I, neither of these teams are going to make a bowl, though. They both need two wins. And yeah, take the yeah, over. Wazoo has the Apple Cup. Take the over on 64. Yeah. I think they missed their window to hit a bowl. They both lost yep. to Stanford, so that kind of killed them both. So. This is really their best chance, each one for a potential fifth win of the year. Um, well, let's take a, a team that already has a fifth win at home, trying to become bowl eligible. Uh, uh, Purdue going to Northwestern. The Wildcats are five and five guys. Uh, David Braun is likely going to win big 10 coach of the year. And I think that probably gets him an actual contract. How do you not give the guy a, a chance to keep this up? Because I have no idea how he's done this. Uh, Purdue actually um, uh, looked much better last week uh, with a win. So uh, Purdue favored by three though uh, in Evanston over under 46 and a half. You know, I like what I've seen at Northwestern. You know, they're I, it's crazy to say that they're playing good football and, you know, got their quarterback back last week and they look, yeah. yeah, they look sharp against Wisconsin and I think they can beat Purdue and make a bowl game. It's crazy to say that, but I, I don't think anyone would have ever expected to win more than two games this year. And yeah. Knock on the door bowl eligibility and yeah, hats off yep. to them considering what they walked into the season with. So, and it's, Shocking. but it's the big 10 West and Purdue is going to win. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I mean Purdue probably uh, beat right, Minnesota but, last week yeah. by, Handily, if I remember right. So, yeah. um, I mean, it, that's so. what it is. It's the Big Ten West. Purdue's going to win, and and you know somehow Nebraska wins their last two and sneaks in and, and become the big Big Ten West champs, and we end up in Indianapolis where we beat Ohio State or Michigan, and then you know end up in the, the Kool Aid, folks. There's the Kool Aid. Kool Aid's back. All right, honky back, and the Kool Aid's magically returned. You know? That's right. All right, the Ville nine and one. Uh, talking about Purdue, Jeff Brom's new team, Louisville. Um, minus one going to Miami over under at 46 hurricanes are six and four, I believe, and trying to salvage what they can out of a lost season. Um, Louisville could be eyeing a, a new year six bowl to keep this up. Um, what do you think about the cards? I mean, little... oh, go ahead, Rob. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I, I picked Louisville. I just, I, I think they're the better team. I mean, it's, it's, it's a it's a surprisingly low number. I don't know. Yeah, I'm surprised it's right. it's only this. I'm surprised it's basically a pick 'em at this point. And mm-hmm. and you know, Louisville's look good out there, and they've they've done everything to prove that. You know, I think that they're capable of winning this game, and I think that they do because they've got their eye on the prize. While Miami is just, you know, I mean, they went full Miami earlier this year, and it's and true. Did the whole fumble on third and game winning yes. drive. So. Boomer, what do you think? Yeah, give me Louisville on this one. Miami's coming off that, you know, emotional loss to Florida State and they could have won that game. So, yep. Louisville's playing to, you know, for the ACC championship berth, I guess, and another shot at FSU. So, yeah, or a shot at FSU, I guess. But, uh, yeah, go ahead. Give me Louisville. All right. Uh, Utah at Arizona, another really small line here. Wildcats by one at home. Uh, one of the surprise teams of the year over under at 45 um, Utah trying to salvage their season a little bit. Uh, any thoughts on this one? Other I'm going to take Arizona on it. I'm riding that train. Wildcats are on a roll, hitching yourself to the wagon. Boomer. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, God. Every time I've picked against Arizona, they, they end up winning. So <laughs> that's, that's just Will you please pick, take yeah. Utah, please. 
I appreciate well, for the sake of me having to listen to my dad Utah. complain if Arizona loses. Please, right. please, yeah, please all right, fine. Utah. I'll take Utah just to make Rob happy. How about that? <laughs> you know, we're, we're, this is make Rob happy night here. So. Thank you, thank you. Yes, I'm having a good day. Let's. let's all right. The fun one, um, Illinois versus Iowa in Iowa City. The Hawks are favored by three and a half over under. Still holding up at 30 and a half right now. Um, Take the under. Yeah, yeah. The under is, keeps on hitting. Now, Illinois has been scoring points, though, and they have their like, backup quarterback, uh, Paddock, is way better than Luke Altmaier and is thrown for 500 yards a game. So, um, really intriguing to see He's how this actually plays out. He's not going to do that against out. Iowa's defense. He's just We're going to find out. I guess so. Yeah. I I mean Iowa I would take Iowa maybe I would take Iowa on both the spread yeah, they're and I would take play the that cover three and yeah. Yeah. I might Boomer? even bet it bet it down a little bit. Yeah. Gosh. I, I I'm interested to watch this. I do want to see how Iowa holds up against Illinois, who's found offense lately. Uh, this might I don't know if Iowa's played anyone outside of Penn State that's got an offense with a pulse so far, but they yep. have shut down everyone they've played and I don't know how they'll react to an over/under in the 30s. That's just kind of surprising. I don't know if they'll. <laughs> well, this is the eyes on. This is the eyes on Big Bowl. You know, yeah, that I is mean, true. That and is true. Uh, and and quite frankly, do not get me wrong here. No matter what I say, I'm rooting for Illinois because they are the ones that are going to pave us our path to the Big Ten championship game. Well, so, I was our. Yeah, yeah they're. I was a co camp already and right. illinois but they, they, they would have they to lose the big this 10 game west and then, too if things then, uh, go the right way for them so mm-hmm. well, it's the big 10 west everybody's got a shot somehow even yep. Purdue probably Wait. somehow you know yeah 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 so but i mean at the same time and so if we but if we go in and we beat iowa i believe that it would be us right. who goes to the big 10 champ but iowa would clinch it if they win this game is that fair yes thing? yes yes got correct mm-hmm. fair enough go illinois and a boomer do they play for something I don't right. believe so. If they do, it would be a really obscure trophy they forgot about. So, All right. That's unusual. Unusual. Yeah. All right. Uh, Uga, number one team in the country, uh, given 10.5 to Tennessee uh, in Knoxville, uh, over under 59.5. First of all, I want Ten- to know what two SEC teams are doing playing each other this week. All right. Yeah, this this well, is they the thought it was week. Tennessee Martin when they when they booked <laughs> the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Tennessee coming off a, a, a loss to Missouri where they did not look good. Uh, Georgia um, been rolling. Uh, I, to me, this is Bulldogs all the way. I don't know. Yeah, I no question. I mean, yeah, and and Georgia too. I mean, you know, especially now that the playoff num you know playoff numbers are coming out, top four, all that. I mean, Georgia has everything to lose, and they've been playing like it the last couple of weeks for sure. So it's. It is what it is, you know. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Tennessee. Yep. I hope you. Vo- they're volunteering to lose this week. I think that's pretty much. All right. This is the uh, potential exit of Chip Kelly, supposedly rumored to be getting fired after this game, especially if they lose. Uh, but UCLA crosstown freeway series here is going to USC Memorial Coliseum. Trojans favored by six and a half over under at sixty five and a half. Um, very tempered to take the over here again, even though I lost in the USC Oregon over last week. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, it's it's entertaining how they don't want to fire Chip Kelly because they don't want to screw this up, but then let it all leak out anyway. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, USC is good for at least pushing thirty points in this game. UCLA is just 
been struggling mightily lately, so I don't know what they're up to. So. Lost Arizona State last yeah, week. Yeah, lost right? Arizona. Just haven't looked good for about three weeks now. Even even Colorado, they didn't look great. So, yeah, go ahead and give me USC. They'll salvage a win out of this series at least. These two teams are going to put up 80 points combined too, so take the over. All right, Rob takes the over. Um, another rivalry game. K-State, uh, minus eight, going to Lawrence, take on the Jayhawks of Kansas, over under at 56 and a half. Um, this is an intriguing matchup here, and, and two teams still playing for a lot. Yeah, what's the status of Kansas's QB? I think that's the big question on that. Is he going to play? Which or? one, I guess, at this well, point? That's a better question, yeah. Aren't they all hurt at this point? And then yeah, there's... yeah, because even Bean was – so I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. Um, A-State being minus eight kind of reflects that potentially, I suppose. Yeah, I think at this point, just, just for health issues, I'll take K-State in this. So I like Kansas a lot when they're healthy, but they're just not right now. And yep. Yeah. Yeah. K-State, Ronald Baylor case. last week. Mm-hmm. KU uh, – Came back against Texas Tech. They were down 13-0. Um, almost were able to kind of pull that off, but lost on a field goal. Um, all right, let's get out here with one more. And uh, it's a late-night game on Saturday. And Washington trying to continue their undefeated season, going to Corvallis, Oregon State. Uh, I think I saw this right. Maybe I put this in wrong. Oregon State minus 2.5. Is that right? Well, let, me go over let me check draft on that. I was going to ask did. if that was right, Dave. So yeah. Yeah. I bet it's Washington. I probably put it on the wrong side. Yeah, because this game, is the, this is the kind of game where that that would be typical of the Pac-12 for a Pac-12 team to knock out a Pac-12 team at the very end of the oh, season. Sure. You know what I mean? Like that, that would be the most Pac-12 thing in the history of the world, right there. So, I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure that they will figure out a way to screw this up because I mean they're not even in the Final four at this point, um, but it, no, you're right. It is Oregon State yeah, at minus Oregon two and Kendall's a half. Got a minus two and a half. No. Yeah, obviously, obviously, Vegas knows the same thing we do. I which told is you just, yeah, which is that like Pac-12 knows how to screw up college football playoff better than any other conference out there right now, and you know because we know that you know Ohio State and Michigan play each other, and when they do. Yeah. You know, one of those teams is going to get knocked out of the playoff talk, and Washington's supposed to be the team that walks in. And now, I don't think I, I think I think Oregon is also positioning themselves to yeah. be in that Pac-12 championship game, and and would love to rather have Washington there so they could beat the team that they lost to and and erase that. But I, I think Oregon's still going to be there. I think a lot of people feel that Oregon has enough enough cred um, to get in, but it, 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 that'll be interesting. But this will be a really important game here for the Pac-12 in their final season as it's constituted. Yeah, it'd be nice yeah, if there's some kind of actual analytics used to decide this as opposed to just how these guys feel and put them well, there's, in. But, you know. Well, we, we've gone down that path before, Rob. Computers have made decisions. Well, um, I know, but there can right, be a good so, combination of both, and it's Well, kind they of should annoying. be. They, they have all the data, right? It's supposed to have the human You would element. think. We don't need to debate the college football playoff this present moment. Um, yeah. All right, guys. In, any other games that I missed? No, those are, I think, the big ones of the week, you know. Yep. Wisconsin's still up to a five-and-a-half-point favorite now. Is that right? They are. Uh, uh, five. four-and-a-half when I looked earlier today. It was five earlier today when I looked, but four-and-a-half. Okay. I thought the show was four-and-a-half. Be, yeah. Between four-and-a-half and five-and-a-half. Five yeah. Yeah. The, and the the money line is actually moving. It's at one ninety two minus 192 now. It was minus, like, 201 earlier today. So Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, it should be another good Saturday uh, before we head into uh, the Thanksgiving week.
Um, let's uh, get out of here with some parting shots. And I will start with you, Boomer. What do you got for me? Uh, well, it looks like uh, Creighton's opened up a bit of a run in the second half. They're up 53 to 45 over Iowa when they were tied. So, but that's still got some slugfest back and forth. And I don't have any, you know, thing really exciting. But uh, you know, I just really hope we get the win this weekend so we can get that that bowl bid. You know, you just see some of those projections out there for bowls, bowl projections. And one caught my eye just earlier today. It was uh, I think USA Today had Nebraska versus Southern Cal in the Las Vegas Bowl a couple days before Christmas. Oh my goodness. Would that not be just the most exciting thing in the world to watch? You've got a, a cop defense against a team defense. that just has no defense whatsoever. And oh, in Vegas, no less, a couple days before Christmas. Yeah, that yeah. I've be... seen this in Las Vegas versus Utah, too. That's another one. Oh, I've yeah. Seen. Yeah, that would just you be. You got to get one more victory to figure it out, but it would yeah. be fun to have. And that. I'd really rather get it this week just to be safe. Although, if you did have to get it against Iowa, that would add a certain zest to that game. So, yeah. Yeah, at home. It, yeah. Getting a victory against either one of these two teams will make the fan base forget the last two losses. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right, Rob, what do you got? Well, I just want to remind everyone it is a night game on Saturday night. <laughs> as uh, Dion Pryor here is uh, saying that it's a crap night game. But either way, just remember, you know, do some nice things. Wake up, make the family some breakfast, do some chores around the house, get some things done so that you can settle in and watch the Huskers secure a bowl game but if all you're right. in madison then just go ahead and drink all day that's fine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Eat, eat some cheese curds and a butter brats and yeah 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 and go big red gbr uh all right guys uh great stuff that was awesome little uh guest by hockey I haven't uh, seen that buddy in a while so that's that's great uh, but, you know, the show is really you two at this point. So um, I appreciate you always joining me um, on the Redcast. For now, let's call that another Go Big Redcast. Go Big Red. Heard at Sports Network Production.